Man, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm so good. I can do the shit with my eyes closed. But I'm a little bit nervous. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Um, Welcome back. It has been a, a very long time. Maybe over a year. I am your host, Bruce Parker. And this is the Gemini in Me podcast. We are back again. We are back. It's a celebration. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Like I always say, I just need your attention for like the first two, three minutes. If I can't hook you in the first two or three minutes, then you could go ahead and exit, leave out. I appreciate the little two minutes you did spend, but hopefully you stick with it. You dig? Like I said, this is the Gemini in Me podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Parker, a.k.a. The Shive Geek, and a lot has changed since we last spoke. A lot has changed. A whole lot. But... Nevertheless, um, I'm gonna catch you up on it. I'm gonna catch you up on it. You dig? Uh, Spotify, Inc. Spotify obtained an app called Anchor, and Anchor is basically a podcast app that I tried to use before in absence of SoundCloud. But I was reading up on Anchor, and it said that Anchor didn't really allow for too many cuss words. So. We're going to see how true that is with this episode right here because, as y'all, well, if you don't know, I cuss a whole lot. That's what I do. And um, I stopped using SoundCloud because even though SoundCloud allows you to see, like, your audience and see who's listening and how many times they listen and see what part of the world they're listening and how many clicks, SoundCloud has this thing to where you have to pay to be on the service. And... When I last ended off the podcast, that just wasn't feasible for me. You know what I'm saying? It just didn't work for what I had going on in life. And now that podcasts have progressed throughout even the past two, past two, three years, like podcasts has come a long way in even the past two, three years. So with apps like Anchor and with Anchor being able to tie you directly into iTunes and Apple Music, I'm sorry, not Apple Music, but iTunes and um, Spotify or Tidal, and or Google Play and stuff like that. It's like, you know, that's the kind of stuff I need because I honestly couldn't figure out how to get my platform, how to get my podcast on those platforms like some other people I knew. Because there are people that started their podcasts after me that, you know, just had better business sense and a better network than me. And, you know, they they gotten further and I'm super, super happy for them. Um, and it's my time. You know what I mean? So it's my time to shine. It's my time to get back to what I needed to do because my ultimate goal for this, I'm going to say this right here on the first episode, I want to get signed for this podcast. Like, I want to be, my my goal for this podcast is to get signed to a major streaming platform and to monetize it and to make money. And not only to make money, but have, like, the best podcast in the world and the biggest audience in the world and the biggest active audience and, you know, just things of that nature. So... Anybody else that's doing this shit, just know, like, it's ways we could take this shit to different levels and shit. And I feel like, unlike, you know, like, being a rapper or being whatever else, there's no age limit on podcasts. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, okay, once you get to a certain age, that shit ain't cool no more. Like, this is still a bubbling, a new interactive form of media. So it's no age limit, it's no cutoff, it's just, it's here, and it's it's free. Like, you can do this shit for free, so I'm going to take this shit to the limit. I'm going to push it as far as it can go. You dig? Look, I told y'all if I ain't got you in the first three minutes, and now I'm almost at four minutes. So, first thing I want to say is congratulations to Cop and Cat... <laughs> Cop. 
to Colin Kaepernick on one of his collusion cases against the NFL. I'm even seeing that it's possible that he could play for either the Patriots or the Panthers real soon. Um, he won the settlement for an undisclosed amount. I seen that somebody said it might have been like sixty or eighty mil. I don't know, but whatever it is, shout out to Kaepernick because he stood firm in his beliefs and he won, man. It's really no other way to say it. He won, and I'm super happy for him. Now, personally, will I start watching the NFL again? Probably not because I'm not a big football fan, but now I don't got to talk shit to y'all about y'all watching and trying to make y'all feel bad about, you know, not being for the cause and shit. So, again, shout out to Colin Kaepernick. Also, before I start... um, because I'm just super happy about this Colin Kaepernick shit. Also, today I found out that Bernie Sanders is putting his hat in the race for president in 2020. So hopefully he can actually win the primary this time and beat Asian Orange. I'm sorry I paused. I'm just really thinking about this shit. Because y'all know last time it was between him and Hillary and the fucking Democratic people like colluded against him. They did some shady shit. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with Hillary. Like, looking back in hindsight, I would definitely pick Hillary over Agent Orange at the moment. But at that moment, I just wasn't feeling none of them. And I don't really believe in the lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? I'll just not vote. But this time, I feel like anything is better than nothing. Um, so shout out. Shout out to P.Y. Tiana, a.k.a. Ron Lecture Girl, because she just brought her podcast back. And it was the inspiration for me to bring minds back, seeing that you could do it and not have to worry about actually paying for and, you know, dealing with the whole SoundCloud thing. Not saying that SoundCloud is a bad platform, but, you know, that that bill every month is just a lot. And it kind of seems like if your numbers, like my like my highest views, like at the peak of my podcasting, I was getting like 100 views an episode, right? And so... Once at at that moment it feels like okay paying this money a month is worth it, but once like you know it hits the slope to where it's like maybe like seven people episode and you paying this money you got other bills going on and other life happening it's kind of like well maybe I should pause this shit right quick because maybe this shit isn't you know maybe it's just not financially worth it because I understand that you have to invest in yourself but if I'm paying money. And I'm not seeing results. I don't I don't have the money to be paying and not seeing like not immediate results, but money is money, you know what I mean? So I can't pay for shit and it's not doing what I needed to do. So shout out to Ron Electro Girl. She brought a podcast back. That is my favorite podcast next to the Joe Button podcast. Um shout out to Nemo and maybe I'm saying it wrong, but around the town podcast. I know like I think she had a structural shift up to where maybe Things are different, and maybe she has different castmates, but Nim is doing her thing, and she's, like, got mentioned by BuzzFeed, so shout-out to Nim and her people with her podcast. Uh, shout-out my nigga Vante. He just released his newest EP. It's called Black Xanax 2. It's on, basically, Tidal, Apple Music, Google Play, all that shit, so go check out the homie. Shout-out to my nigga JB. He just had a showcase at Black Ink Atlanta for his coaching music, so shout-out to all his artists. Um... The only one that I know right now is, uh, I think, Mr. Bacon. That's my homeboy, Tobias, little brother. So, shout out to all of them niggas. And, yeah, we finna get into this shit. So, the Grammys. And I don't know when y'all gonna listen to this. Y'all can literally get this shit tomorrow. Y'all don't even know what tomorrow is. But y'all can get this tomorrow. It could be next week. I don't know when I'm gonna drop it. Honestly, I kind of don't even want to put it up. Not put. I'm gonna put it up, but I don't even want y'all to be able to receive it until 
I can like get it approved for Spotify. But we're going to, you know, wishful thinking, wishful hoping. If not, then we're going to grind till we're able to get there. So the Grammys was a couple weeks ago. And I just want to talk about some of the winners and what happened on the Grammys. Now, aside from the rap album of the year winner, I think that they pretty much got the rap and R&B sides like super spot on. For example, Jay-Z and Beyonce won for Best Contemporary R&B Album for the Carters album. And I really love that album. I'm a fan of both Jay-Z and Beyonce. And it's kind of like um, sometimes when people do dual albums or duet albums or joint albums, you get more of... Sometimes it might feel like maybe it's like a Kanye featuring Jay-Z versus... A Jay-Z featuring Kanye album, you know what I mean? So, as far as, like, Watch the Throne, because to me, that felt more like uh, Kanye featuring Jay-Z, but then again, years later on 444, the content of the album matches kind of like what Watch the Throne had going on, so, you know, I guess time changes things. But as far as the Beyonce and Jay-Z album, I love it. My favorite record is probably Happy in Love. Um, I really like the intro, which is Love Happens, I think. And I was actually reading on social media the other day that there was this girl who wrote, this young black girl who writes for, um, I think they said maybe SZA, no, not SZA. I know she writes for, oh, Beyonce and Cardi B. She wrote the, she wrote the hook for on Cardi B's album for the Kalani song, Ring, Ring, Ring. And then she helped write on the Jay-Z and Beyonce album. So shout out to her. I really love that album, Everything Is Love. If you haven't heard it, you need to check it out. You know, it's on all streaming services. Now, her, the R&B, I want to say Phenomenon. I think she's... I can't, you, you can't be underground if you want to Grammy. But I don't think she's like... She's just being introduced to the masses. She run for best R&B album, and I feel like that was dope as fuck because her music is really, really good. And me, I'm a person that likes like traditional R&B. I don't really like the new age like rappers that sing and niggas that be singing, but they can't really sing. They can't hold a nut. <laughs> nut, no, whatever. Can't hold a note. Like I like her. Um, I like the Daniel Caesar album. I like, um, I think Miguel's last album was cool. I like the Scissor album. I like Solange's last album. You know, I like Beyonce's last album. I like, like I said, I like more traditional R&B versus whatever mash of R&B it is today. So I was really happy that her won for best R&B. And Ella May, I actually need to um, listen to her. I haven't listened to the entire thing. I listened to some of her mixtapes, but... Not in its entirety. But she won a Grammy for the song Boot Up. And I thought that was super dope. Drake won a Grammy for the best rap song. Which is which was God's Plan. But I felt like he was robbed for Song of the Year. By um, Childish Gambino. Because I feel like This Is America wasn't a bigger song than God's Plan. That's just my opinion. And even though I am a Drake fan. I'm not like the biggest fan of God's Plan. But just being around, being about, seeing the social media influence, like being, you know, in spots where the club, where the song played, uh, just listening to the radio. And like I said, just looking at everything as a whole, I feel like God's Plan was a bigger song. It had a wider reach. It did better commercially. So I don't understand why This Is America won for Song of the Year. But either way, shout out to Childish Gambino. I'm waiting on that um, Atlanta Season 3. You need to check up on Atlanta Season 2. That's the show if you haven't heard it. It's a really good show. It's very um, thought-provoking. It's like artic... It's like... I, I don't... Maybe I'm not using my words right, but I feel like Atlanta is one of them shows to where, like, dumb people... I, can't, I don't want to call nobody dumb, but 
you have to be of a certain mind wave, a brain wave to like understand the underlying tones and shit. But that's besides the point. Either way, Drake won for best rap song, and he got up there and he gave a speech about how we shouldn't put so much stock into the Grammys because the Grammys are basically ran by a board of people and it's like a voting system, right? So if you're on the Grammy committee, then you have to check off for every single genre of music in every single person and every single winner like that. So basically that means like if I'm on a if I'm on a committee, then yes, okay, I'm I'm in tune with hip hop, so I'm gonna say, okay, Drake Drake had the best rap song, Beyonce and Jay Z had best rap contemporary album. But when it comes to like rock or like country music, I don't know any of those things. So at that point it's just a guessing game. And I feel like the reason why some of these awards are off is because you got people voting that's not in tune with what's going on in the genre and they don't know anything about it. So literally a winner of a Grammy could be because somebody on a committee guessed and they literally didn't know because they're not in tune with, you know, what's going on in our genre. So I feel like they need to change those rules up to where maybe people, you know, of a certain musical background should be able to vote for their background and not have everybody be able to vote for everything. Because what the fuck I look like voting for a country album, a country song, and I literally don't know any country music or any rock and roll or any... I don't know any of that. You know what I mean? So to me, they just got to do better about that. Now, when it comes to the case of Cardi B winning for Best Rap Album, I think it's dope because it was the first time a black... Well, not a black, but it was the first time a woman, period one best rap album of the year but honestly i in my opinion i think it was better albums in that category like the nipsey i feel like mac miller wouldn't have been nominated unless if he was alive and shout out to mac miller rest in peace but i don't understand like why you would put a dead person in that category if you like he would have mac miller wouldn't have been nominated for a grammy if he was alive that's just Keep it like that. His his music wasn't that. He wasn't that kind of artist. So I don't even understand why they did that. But I feel like Dipsy had a great album. Um, Cole. I don't even think Cole put his music in to be registered. But either way, it was other people that was nominated. And like Scorpion and uh, the Pusha T Daytona album. And it's like the Cardi B album, Invasion of Privacy, wasn't better. Or even, I feel like, in competition with any of those albums. So... That is what it is. But shout out to Cardi B. Initially, I had a lot more to say about that, but it's like as time is passing on, I, I just feel like the music music in general, well, hip-hop in general is at a different place. So I'm not going to you know, shit on Cardi or nothing like that. I just would say that finding out she didn't write her music, it turned me off to her music. Because initially... It was a video on um, YouTube. She posted a video about a rap song or something about some blood shit. I don't know. Well, she was like in all red and she was like spitting and it was fire and shit. I'm like, okay, I can fuck with this. Because y'all know I like rappers that rap. But then I, I'm, I was seeing shit where she was arguing with some girl on Instagram and she leaked the messages and the girl was telling her like, bitch, that's why you don't even write your raps or some shit. And Cardi responded back, I don't got to write my raps. I'm rich. To me... I would rather you pretend like, yo, I do write at least something, you know what I'm saying? But just to be admit, blatantly admit that you don't write your raps, I can't fuck with that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even listen to your music the same. Like I said, at least pretend like you write something. But for you to just say you don't write nothing, that's a big turnoff to me musically. So, anyway, shout out to Cardi, man. 
Also, during Grammy night, whoever was running the BET Awards Twitter, whether it be an intern or a new employee, whoever, they decided that when Cardi won it, they was going to um, slight Nicki Minaj by saying Nicki Minaj is being dragged by the handles of her lace front or some weird shit. So Nicki does what Nicki does and she had a social media rant and she basically told, she basically said that she wasn't going to perform at the BT experience this um, coming June. And from what I heard, I haven't, because when Nicki Minaj does certain things on the internet, as big as a fan I am of her, I just feel like the way she handled 2018 was very poorly and everything around the beef with her and Cardi B, I just really didn't like because I felt like it was being petty. And I feel like you're too big of a legend of a, you know, a hip-hop powerhouse to stoop down. It's kind of like you're Nicki Minaj, and I feel like the people around her, I don't know if they're yes-men or what, but it's, it's like in my head, you're the biggest female rapper ever. Why are you stooping down so low and being petty I don't like? So basically, this past year, I really haven't been fucking with the moves she been making because I just feel like it's not like come on like damn you the rap Beyonce like what are you doing like why are you being so petty but anyway they said that she allegedly leaked the girl's picture and she gave the girl's full she put the girl's full name on the internet and and I can get you know you being upset about the situation and you pulling out the BT experience but I feel like you know that your fan base is entirely too big and too powerful for you to do something like that. And that's kind of harmful because what if you have those extreme fans that will want to go physically harm a person or harass a person? And it's like, I, I just, I don't, I get it, but it's like, what if that girl end up dead? Like, how does that work? You know what I mean? Like, from a law standpoint. And also, it's not the first time that somebody has slighted her on the internet and she's sent the, what is it called? The Barbie Hive after them. You know what I mean? Like, it was another girl that, I forget what Twitter... Maybe she... I think she was working for Karen Civil. And, um... Basically, the girl tweeted some shit about Nicki Minaj that Nicki didn't like, so Nicki released the girl full name, picture, and all that. Then a bar started harassing her to the point where the girl deactivated her Twitter. And it was kind of like a... Mm-hmm kind of situation because the girl really didn't say anything bad. She was just like, at 34, can we get like a more retrospective Nicki Minaj album? Can we get like... You know, we don't want to hear you talking about popping pills and, and twerking on dick. Like, can you give us some substance? And Nicki felt a certain way about that. So, like I said, I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan, but it's a lot of shit that she's been doing in the past year that I don't agree with and I don't understand. So, hopefully in 2019, her and Karen or whoever else can, like, get her public image back to where it needs to be because... But I'm not I'm not finna get into that because it's a whole lot of things I can say about Nicki that I just don't like. But shout out to Nicki Minaj. Shout out to Cardi B being the first um, woman to win a rap album of the year. That is super dope. I just can't fuck with the music because she don't write it. But a lot of people love it. So again, shout out to Cardi B. And shout out to all the Grammy winners. Oh, like I was saying, Drake got on stage and he was saying that don't put too much stock into these awards because... The fans are more important. Like, you reaching your fans are more important. Like, a person working a regular job, spending their hard-earned money to buy your music or coming to see you is more important than this trophy at the end of the day. Like, when you look back, I feel like, as an artist, you would want to hopefully have hope that you could have changed lives and made people feel better versus the, um, I don't know, sacrificial or, I don't know, whatever kind, whatever else kind of shit. 
Now, on the topic of Drake, So Far Gone just had its 10-year anniversary, and this is a story that I've been waiting to tell. And I was kind of debating with myself if I wanted to tell it on social media, if I wanted to say it here on this podcast. So I'll just say it here on this podcast. 2009, February 14th, I was living with my best friend in his mom's house. And I had heard about Drake eight months prior in 2008 from a woman, in fact. And this girl was telling me, she was like, oh, you never heard Drake? And I was like, nah, who is Drake? She was like, oh, he big out here in L.A. I think he signed a little Wayne. He about to be big. And so I kept that in my head. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be hearing about somebody named Drake. So I think the first song I heard from Drake was a song called Brand New, but it was the remix with Lil Wayne on it. And it, you know how music does, like music makes you reflect on the time period and, you know, uh, what was going on in your life at that time. And I was talking to this girl and things wasn't, I was, yeah, I was talking to this girl and things wasn't going how I wanted it. So like when I heard the song, it just resonated with me and it made me think of her. And so I was like, okay, I like this song. Let me listen to what else he got going on. And then I heard Ransom and, you know, things like that. The track with him and Lil Wayne. So basically, yeah, like I said, fast forward eight months. It's 2009 and I'm on the blogs every day um, just researching, looking to see what's going on in hip-hop. At this at this time, Wale is budding. I hadn't heard about Kendrick yet, but I did hear about Cole, but I wasn't on him. But I definitely knew about Wale. And um, Currency was doing his thing. He had just released the mixtape with... Now, I don't even know if the, um, How High was out yet, but I was a big Currency fan at the time. So, So Far Gone comes out a day late. It was supposed to drop the day before, but it didn't drop for whatever reason. So, when it did drop, I, like, I really, really enjoyed the music. It was different for me. I had never listened to pop or, like, punk rock or anything else. And, like, if you ever listen to So Far Gone, you would know it's, like, a very much a rap mixtape, but it's, like, dark and moody, and it has different... It's, like, a blend of different genres in it, like, a little bit, um, a little bit... Uh, did you agree? Whatever song that is, like uh, November 18th, um, I got to, with Santa Go, I Gotta Be Unstoppable. It was just like a blend of different genres, and I thought that that was really dope, right? And also at that time, I was like super depressed, and I was feeling suicidal. And it was everything was all bad in my personal life. But I can remember that. Every time I would listen to So Far Gone, it would literally make me feel better. Like, if I was in a bad mood, I would put the album on, and by the time it got to, like, track number seven, I wasn't in a bad mood no more. So, for me, and this is something I forgot, I was telling a friend, I was like, damn, I think Drake really saved my life, because that was, those were some trying times, and that music really, really helped me. You know what I mean? So, ten years later, it's kind of refreshing to look back on and say, okay, damn, I was in a dark-ass place, but that album helped me get out that dark place, and, you know, on social media, people was giving their stories about where they was and what they was doing 10 years ago, and like I said, all that resonated with me, because I can tell you down to the day, time, what was going on 10 years ago, what albums I was bumping, what games I was playing at that time, what women I was dealing with, how I was feeling mentally, so shout out to So Far Gone, man, it's been a good 10 years, and honestly, I didn't. I knew Drake was gonna be big, but I thought Drake would get big and then get to a point where he just said "fuck rap" and go do the movie shit. 
I didn't think that 10 years later he would still be, like, the number one rap in the world. I definitely thought he was going to say, fuck the genre and go do some movie shit. But he proved me wrong. But shit, I guess with, with movies, you know, there's really no cutoff age to that shit either. Because you're still young. You can go do movies at any time. But, um... So far going is 10 years old, man, and this has been an interesting 10 years. It's been a real interesting 10 years. Um, on the subject of rap, keeping on the subject of rap, 6 9 <laughs> Damn, I did a podcast. And the last time I did a podcast, 6 9 wasn't even popping. But y'all know who 6 9 is. I don't have to explain the story to you. 6 9 is supposedly about to get out of jail and he's going to be in witness protection because he's snitching. And if you know the story, from what I read about the story was 6 9 and the guys he was around, the Treyway guys, they basically betrayed him. They were stealing from him. Some of them niggas was fucking his old lady. They was literally going to let him take the fall, you know, with, with all the charges. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not no street nigga says, like, I don't want to... Talk from a street aspect. I'll keep this very, very plain and face level and surface. I'll just say that if you're not a street nigga, don't comment on street nigga shit, right? Because it's a lot of niggas talking about, oh man, that nigga snitching in. I wouldn't snitch out, la da da. But it's like, my nigga, he's not a street nigga, and you gotta treat him as such. If you know he not. He not from that cloth. He not about that shit. Why would you hold him to that same standard? The niggas think that he wasn't going to snitch? Like, that's my thing. Like, y'all thought that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to tell on the people that fucked over him. Like, they was going to let that nigga, they, they was going to let him take the fall for all the crimes. Niggas was stealing from him. Niggas tried to kill him. Niggas was fucking his old lady. <laughs> like, what did you expect? It's like, at the end of the day, my nigga, like... We men, my nigga, you know what I mean? And you got to look out for self sometimes, especially if you was being extorted. It's not like, you know, you joined that shit and you was on some shit to where those are your niggas that you grew up with from day one. Oh, he was being extorted. What you expect? You think he going to do fucking 70 years for something? Nah, come on, man. That's that's just crazy. That's just my opinion. But like I said, that's just very, very surface level. I don't want to dive deeper. I'm not a street nigga, so I don't want to talk about street nigga shit. I don't want to talk about street politics. I'm not going to talk about the rules of this shit. That's just my opinion. Looking at it from outside the box, I don't see why you would go down and do 70 years for some niggas that don't care about you, but that's just my opinion. Now, lastly, Jesse Select, the guy from Empire, it was a story that came out a couple years ago. Well, the guy that plays Lucius's son in the show, Lucius is Terrence Howard. Lucius has three sons, and I'm talking about the gay son. Last time I seen it, it was only one gay son. Maybe that has changed since then. I don't know. But Jesse Select basically said that he got jumped coming from a club by two white guys in Make America Greater ha- Make America in MAGA hats. And he said that the guys jumped him, put a noose around his neck, put bleach on him. And when I first initially heard the story, I was kind of thrown off because I was like, well, if they jumped you then they know you're a multi-millionaire. And if you're going to drop a multi-millionaire, I'm assuming that you're going to rob the nigga. That's just the way my brain thinks. And so when they said, when I didn't see anything about him being robbed, I was like, okay, that's weird. So it was just a hate crime. So two random white guys in in MAGA hats jumped you, beat the piss out you, called you racial slurs, and that was it. And they know you from the show Empire. Like, so two random white guys seen you on the street, said, oh, that's that gay dude from Empire. And... 
So to me, it just didn't make sense. But it's like, if it's a hate crime, it's a hate crime. My heart goes out to him. You know, condolences. I'm sorry that that happened to you or whatever like that. But now they're saying that it was a... I don't even know why, because they're saying that... Some people are saying that his character was getting written off um, Empire, but then the Empire writers and producers said that they have no intentions to let him go. So I don't know what was going on. I, I heard somebody say something about he was fucking with somebody old man, and the dude got mad and then went to beat him up. I don't know. But whatever it is that happened, it, was, it wasn't... He didn't get jumped by two white guys and make America great hat, make America great again hats. It was, they're saying now that he paid these guys to beat him up to create a story for whatever reason. But, here's my thing on that. The other side, and by the other side I mean certain white people. They make up stories about us all the time. Like, even, like, I don't want to get this deep on the first episode, but you look at Emmett Till, right? Emmett Till family doesn't have justice even though that lady came out and said blatantly on her deathbed, like, hey, this is a lie, that didn't happen. The boy still died. Nobody got, you know what I'm saying, like, nobody got no reparation. Like, nothing happened. That shit is what it is. And I know that's a very extreme case compared to this, but it's like, are we going to fucking really slander Jesse for doing what they do all the time? Like, yes, it's wrong. And yes, if... They would have taken two random white guys to jail for some shit they didn't do. That would be wrong. And another case of that would be like, I don't know if y'all familiar with Sean King, but in Houston a couple months ago, Sean King got on Twitter. He got on social media and basically said that it was a drive-by that killed this little black girl. And he said it was two white guys in a pickup truck. And they come to find out it was actually two black guys that had shot and killed the girl. So I don't know why... I don't know why on our side, the Black Lives Matter side, that you would create a false story or that false narrative to, you know, to incite anger because I feel like we're fighting a fight that we're already behind on. And so once you do things like lie about, you know, who attacks you or when it happened or how it happened, it gives them even more ammo because, like I said, we're all, in my opinion, we're already behind on the race. We still got catching up to do. So you lying is not, I'm not upset. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, to me, I'm not upset because I know they do it a whole lot. They do it more than we ever know. And they do it blatantly, but it's like, I don't feel like we got to go that low. You know what I mean? I feel like we made strides in this fight by being truthful, being honest, and, and, and opening the doors on honesty and shedding light on you know, fucked up situations, but if we stooping down to the same lows they stooping down, then it's when, you don't get, to me, in my opinion, you don't, we're not going to progress like that, like, it's no progression that comes from that, so, my opinion, opinion on Jesse is that I'm not upset, I'm not mad, I just think that it's like a waste of time and a waste of energy, because everybody is not going to do diligent research on what happened, some people are going to hear it, they're going to hear it. It's either going to go one in one ear and out the other. Or they're going to be like, oh, yeah, man, fuck them white people. Fuck a lot of races and shit like that. But not doing the research and, you know, trying to find out the reading between the lines and trying to figure out what's what. So I'm very interested in hearing, you know, what he has to say about it or what he will have to say about it once it's all said and done. Because in my eyes, the way I'm seeing it, like, if that shit is proven, like, Unanimously, unanimously that he did lie. Couldn't he be charged for that? Like you falsifying, you falsifying claims, and you could. I don't know. I just don't feel like all that shit is worth it. You know what I mean, I don't feel like all that shit is worth it. But that's my opinion on that. It's just a whole lot of. It's a whole lot of fuckery.
But again, my name is Bruce Parker. This is a Gemini in Me podcast. I had a blast. Um, really, you can look at this as like a mock episode or like a pilot, maybe. You know what I mean? Because I just needed to do this to knock the rust off. I know I'm, I was stumbling over my words a little bit in this episode. And, you know, just not speaking how I normally speak. But I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad that it's finished. I'm glad that, you know, I'm about to put it out. And I feel good. So... I don't have a specific time on when I want to drop yet. I don't know the time I'm going to drop. I don't know the day I want to drop. I do know that it's not going to be on Tuesdays because I'm not going to... I don't want to compete with a intellectual girl. And I do know it's not going to be on Wednesdays or Saturdays because I don't want to compete with the Joe Button Podcast. But as for right now, I can tell you that you should definitely download this um, Anchor app. Um, download the Spotify app, definitely, because like I said, that's my goal, that's what I'm aiming for, and be expecting ads, because I am trying to monetize this app, I am trying to monetize this podcast, so do be expecting ads, probably not in this episode, but in future episodes, you can expect for me to, you know, be doing ads and shit like that, and I want to thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, if you got this far, and that's really it, man. I appreciate y'all listening to me. I appreciate y'all, you know, taking the time out. Damn, it's only 33 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. I appreciate everything. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I am... Oh, I'm so sorry. What am I doing? Listen, you can catch me on Twitter, at the Shive Geek, on Instagram, at the Shive Geek, on uh, fucking Snapchat, DZJF89, and on Facebook, at the Shive Geek. And my handle for everything, if you just Google me, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that. It's T H A S H I V E G E E K. That's at the Shive Geek. So just get at me. That's even my fucking PlayStation phone name. Man, I'm everywhere. Just universal unanimously. So. Thank you for tuning in again. I can't thank you enough. Um, I appreciate you listening. Like, share, favorite, retweet, post it. Let your homie listen to it. Let your mama listen to it. Your daddy, all that. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, I am Bruce Parker, and this is the Gemini in Me podcast. Bless up.